Can we develop into being more compassionate listeners? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Chukas, but before jumping into the partial-related message, our last commercial announcement for this year's fundraising campaign, our online once-a-year very significant fundraising campaign, sincicolel.org, C-I-N-C-Y, kolel, K-O-L-L-E-L.org. Go to sincicolel.org, and you should be able to find the campaign page there. If you are doing this around July 6th and 7th, it should be up there and live. If it is not pre or post that, you can always go to the donate page or reach out to me directly, and we can talk about how to uh, have your pledge go towards this campaign. Much appreciated, whatever you do, and it is a matching funds campaign, very significant fundraiser for the Kolal, which is basically the, the source to Tachlis Talks and so much other Torah media, Torah classes, and Torah growth here in Cincinnati and far beyond. Last commercial, again, sincecolal.org, or reach out to me directly at tachliscoaching at gmail.org, sorry.com. And back to our previously scheduled program, the Parsha of Chukas. And the Parsha of Chukas contains the rather detailed and rather mysterious laws and guidelines of the Paraduma, the red heifer, the red cow whose ash is utilized in a very specific formula that will be the antidote to impurity transform a person back into the state of Tahara, of purity, that will allow returning to the Besamekdash, to the temple, or to be involved in various aspects of sanctity. The exact elements of the para aduma of the red heifer, and the more sublime concepts of impurity, and purity not for today's podcast, but I want to look at one aspect of the very particular reality of the complexity of para aduma, in the fact that this is the one law that is being described by the Torah as Chukasa Torah, as the ultimate statute, the ultimate decree of the Torah, is described as the one mitzvah that even King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, wisest of all men, said, there is an element of this that is beyond me. At least a sub-piece of the details of the ritual of Paraduma that he described as Rachoka Mimeni, as far. It's beyond my grasp. Shlomo Hamel could not understand this. Our greatest sages, the scholars of the Talmud and, and beyond, down to this day, there are sub-elements of this mitzvah that remain beyond grasp. And even though we find that many commentaries do shed light on various dynamics and various lessons and why specifically the cow and how it contrasts with the golden calf and why particularly the uh, various elements like the hyssop grass that represents humility and the eras, which represent strength. And there are many sub-details that are addressed, but there are going to always be some aspects that remain beyond our grasp and we're beyond the grasp of all of our great sages and even beyond the grasp of the wisest of men, Shalom beyond the grasp of all but one. The Medrash describes that God did reveal the reasoning, the rationale, the meaning behind this mitzvah to Moshe. Moses himself was that lone individual to whom God did share this message. 
The Medrash describes this at the beginning of Chukas, and the Medrash reflects that, and as the Chassam Sofer really in his commentary expounds, this created a certain frustration from Moses, from Moshe. The Chassam Sofer describes that there is a curious translation in the first verse of this parsha, really the second verse when it talks about Chukas HaTorah, the statute of the Torah, that the Targum, the most significant ancient Aramaic translation, the most authoritative translation of the Torah, translates the decree of the Torah as Gzeiras Oraisa, as the decree of the Torah, but the word Gzeira, a term that is often associated with something troubling, as opposed to maybe a Takana, that is a, a rule that's there to establish and to better and to develop. A Gzeira has a nature, that word has a nature of, of troubling and difficult and challenging. Looking at this word over here in the translation of Gzeira, that there's something over here that is uncomfortable, that is somewhat difficult. And this Medrash that described that Moshe was the only individual given this knowledge, but that he could not share it with anybody else. Nechassam Sofer, a fascinating, very short piece, describes that this created a very painful angst to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Moses. Moses, our ultimate teacher, was so pained by the fact that he was given a Torah truth that he could not share, that he told God, I'd prefer not to know than to know and be unable to teach. Much as the ultimate gift to Moshe is the grasp of Torah, and certainly most of what Moshe knew, he could not share with most people who were in the grasp, beyond the grasp of most. He had the understanding, the profound understanding, the depth in Torah that outside maybe the the core students and people like Joshua, Yeshua, his primary disciple, there were many, many aspects of what Moshe grasped about Torah that he could not share with many, many people. But all those details, at least he could turn over to Yeshua, to Joshua, and perhaps to Aaron, to Aaron, his brother, Aaron's sons. But the fact that here I'm given a piece of Torah knowledge that I cannot share with anybody else, that Moshe found painful. Some Sofer's terminology is almost shocking when he describes that Moshe was describing that the pain, the frustration, this angst is something I wish I didn't know. I wish I did not have this truth that I now have to contain within myself and not share. The Talmud describes the desire of the cow to nurse its child as being more than the child's desire to nurse from the cow. And this is probably true beyond the cow world as well. In the world of uh, human beings, good chance a mother wants to mother more than the child wants to be mothered. Uh, and it used this metaphor for the teacher who wants to share with a student even more than the student wants to learn and take from the teacher. And the ultimate teacher, Moshe, had this angst, this frustration. Message for those of us who haven't been granted by God some piece of information that we have no right to share with others. And odds are, whatever we know, we can be sharing with others and our teachers, whatever they know, they can be sharing with us or at least with some of their disciples. But I believe there's a very interesting lesson that we can all learn from this in two directions. Number one is the degree to which we should want to share. 
the Vilna Gaon is quoted as saying, the human desire of speech. It's, it's really intriguing. We find that we have such a temptation to talk, to share news with others, to share information, a good amount of which is rather meaningless and not necessary for the other party to know. It's probably about 93 degrees outside in Cincinnati today. And I don't know how many people are going to comment on that when they walk out the door and tell the guy next to them, wow, it's hot. Now, odds are the guy who's standing next to them, who also walked outside, recognized that it's hot. Now, or if, as you know, each person is commenting on the weather to somebody else who's fully cognizant of the weather, it's a human desire to be able to share and to connect through words. And if only Gaon says that that is part of our psyche, we've been given this desire to share information because we are all part of a chain of transmission of sharing that which we learn from our teachers, that which we learn from our parents, that which we learn and pass down to the next generation or laterally across to others who have not been blessed to be in our class. So if we all have the capacity to share words, even if those words be rather meaningless, it's because we have the capacity to share words which are meaningful. We have the capacity to tell others about, hey, a great Tahoe Talks podcast I heard, or about a great fundraising campaign going on in Cincinnati, or about a great word of Torah that I heard in some context and tell it over to somebody else, share it, pass it down the chain. That is a human desire. We should all have that desire. A Moshe represents the one who naturally is a teacher, who recognizes I have the capacity to share with others. I want to share with others, but we should learn from that. We should all have the desire to be sharing meaningful words. And when we hear a great Torah thought, great Torah concept, we should be wanting to share that in the right time, in the right space. You heard a great sermon. Don't schmooze about that during the uh, services with somebody who happened to have missed the sermon and he came in. And don't interrupt the davening, the prayer going around you, but at the Kiddush. Hey, I realize you missed that. You want to hear this great thing the rabbi shared. Or at the Shabbos table, after the services. Or when schmoozing with a friend during the week, find opportunities to share that which is meaningful. Have a desire to be sharing that which is meaningful and then find those opportunities to do that sharing. That's number one. Element number two, in the other direction, is that we should realize that when one does have that desire to share, if I am a legitimate recipient of that information, somebody really would like to share some good news. Somebody would like to share a nice Torah thought. And he or she have directed their attention to me and they would like to be sharing that with me, how I could be a compassionate person in my very listening to them. They have a desire to be sharing. Aside from that which I may gain by hearing this information, aside by the fact that I'm fulfilling potentially a Torah mitzvah, but even if it's not a Torah theme, it's just a, a matter of positive, no Lashon Hara over here, some positive community tidings, family elements that they'd like to share with me, talking about you know, what's going on with their grandchildren or grandparents, uh, their work day, whatever it is, if there's somebody that wants to be sharing something that is, again, kosher with me, I can be servicing them. I can be doing an act of chesed, an act of kindness in allowing them to turn to me, allowing myself to be that audience, that receptacle 
to be receiving that information. There is a desire they have. They're that one that wants to be providing the information. I'm doing them a service by listening. It's, in, in a sense, a very easy mitzvah. It can cost us nothing. It can take no physical exertion on our part, but it might take some mental exertion. It might take some patience. It might take some willingness to be attentive when in our world I have so many other things that are distracting me and pulling at my time, but the very act of listening can be a great act of kindness. It can be facilitating that other person's release that they want to be sharing this information. And how much more so if what they want to be sharing is of significance, it is of centaurah value, it is something that could be of positive impact to me. And it's fascinating. I find multiple situations in which I've had somebody that was telling over something that was a Torah thought that I thought been there, done that. I know what they're telling me. I've heard this before and I don't have to be fully tuned in until I realized one second, there's a nuance of what they're sharing. There's an aspect of something that either they themselves intuited or that they themselves developed about the thought that even though they were quoting Rabbi, whoever it was, and they were sharing a lesson from that rabbi, whoever it was that I've heard before, but there was a nuance that they were sharing about it that, whoa, that's new. Or they added another piece that I had not even heard in that original source, perhaps. So number one, even if it's not particularly important information, as long as it's kosher information, it's worthwhile and appropriate for us to be attentive. And we could be really allowing that person a significant favor and that release they would so much want to share that we're allowing them to do so with us. And number two, we may actually gain by that listening that we are doing, providing them uh, that uh, the chesed that we think we're doing may be a chesed made in itself, be a kindness to ourselves. Pulling back over here, this lesson in the information that Moshe is given, that he finds a frustration in not being able to share. Number one, realize how important it is to want to share. So important to Moshe that he's ready to say to God, I would rather have forfeited the opportunity to glean this knowledge than to have the knowledge and not be able to share it. Uh, by the way, a quick aside, what it means also to have the willpower to not share if it's not appropriate to share. When given information that is meant to be private, and for whatever reason this is the case that God is deeming not to be shared beyond Moshe, then Moshe can now go the rest of his life. And by many understandings, this law of the Red Heifer, of the Paraduma, was taught even before the Ten Commandments. We're at a place called Mara, and we're given a few mitzvahs very soon after our exit from Egypt. According to one understanding, Paraduma is part of that list. So he's had this piece of information for 40 years, and 40 years of his constantly engaging with his disciples and holding back, not sharing that information. So that's another important tackle lesson that sometimes if we have information that's not appropriate to share, having the willpower to not do so is itself a great lesson. And the last part that our recognition that when somebody is wanting to share information that we either think, hey, I don't need this, not important for me, or it is important, but again, I particularly don't need this. It's redundant, the value in our listening and that we're doing an act of kindness. And it, through that, we may at times find ourselves actually ending up having learned something that we 
otherwise might not have known. And on that note, I'm going to thank you all for being the audience that allows me to be sharing, allows me to have the inspiration to find that which to share, and would love to hear your feedback. Happy to be on the receiving end to let you share your comments, your questions, your thoughts on other topics you'd like to have us address, and looking forward to opportunities for all of us together to continue to grow toward the goal of reaching our tackles.